Shabbat Shalom. I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is live from home Shavuot edition. Shabbat Shalom. I'm Sandy Levine, and welcome to our home. We want to welcome all the Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Mishpocha that are joining with us, and everyone from out of town who's joining too. Glad to have you with us, and those who'll be listening later by podcast all over the world. We're really glad that you could join us on the special Shavuot edition of Live From Home. This is Yom Shabbat on Saturday, May 30th, 2020. And this morning, Rabbi Yuri and Rabbi Tzanina and their son, David, will welcome us to their home and they will lead us in Hebrew prayers and in worship. And after that, I'll join Live From Home and Rabbi Yuri and I will lead a special Shavuot time of ministry about the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Spirit. And then the Korshans will conclude with a final worship song. Right now, I want to ask you to hit your share button so you can let your friends know on Facebook that this is a good time to join us. And also to hit the like and the follow buttons if you're not already a follower of this page. And please join us with your comments. We'd love the chance to hear from you today. Special greetings to our international friends all over the world. And we want to give a special warm welcome again to all of our podcast listeners. So glad you can be with us right now. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> this Shabbat is a fantastic time of joy and, and anticipation as we enter into the joy of Shavuot with the expectation of God pouring out his Holy Spirit and bringing more of his Spirit to us and filling us with his Holy Spirit as Yeshua promised. So from Sandy and me, we say Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. And now let's join the Korshans to Live From Home. Shabbat Shalom. Good morning, everyone, and Hak Shavuot Sameach. Happy Shavuot. Let's start our service with Shema Israel, Hero of Israel. Let's pray together. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. Amen. And let's proceed with Vishamru. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. 
Thank you, Korshan family. What a beautiful time of worship that was. It's always great when we can gather together like this and we can worship. You know, the Spirit of God unites us, brings us together. Even when there's physical distance, there's not necessarily spiritual distance. On this Shavuot weekend, we can be in one accord, even if we're not in the same room. We can be in one spirit together. So thank you, Korshan family. Thank you, Rabbi Yuri, Rabbi Sen Ina and David Korshin for leading us in worship. Beautiful time of worshiping the Lord together. We want to take a moment and to pray for a dear friend of ours, Robertson, Diane Levine's mom is uh, in her last days. And Diana's mother is with hospice at home and is in her last days before she goes to be with the Lord. Please keep the rest of the family in prayer. And Diana's sister, who lives in New York is trying to figure out a way to get to Florida without having to be quarantined for two weeks. So let's lift up Diana Levine and her mom as well and the whole family. Lord, we thank you for Diana. We thank you for her faithful service and her good friendship. And we pray for, for mommy, for Diana's mom, that you would be with her in these last hours and days that she has here on earth before she comes to meet with you. We pray for comfort for the family, and we pray for Diana's sister, that she would be able to um, have a time of closeness with her mom before um, her mom passes away. Lord, you're the one who can make miracles happen. We don't know what it would look like, but we're asking, Lord, for some perfect solution for this in Yeshua's name. We also want to lift up Elizabeth's going to be having some serious surgery on her neck and spine this coming week, Monday or Tuesday. And we just want to pray for safety and good results for her. Lord, we lift Elizabeth up to you and we pray in the name of Yeshua for a perfect healing and recovery. We pray for protection for her, that during this delicate surgery, there would be no complications, no nicks, no um, unintended consequences at all. And we pray that there would be good healing and good results where she's pain-free and she has restored mobility and flexibility. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Well, this morning we want to continue with our Shavuot theme of looking at the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, in Hebrew, Tevilah, Aruach HaKodesh, and just for fun, I happen to have a picture. I don't know if it shows up exactly right, but you can look at the words if you want, and we'll post these as well. To Tevilah, Baruch HaKodesh in Hebrew, to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, to be sunk into the Holy Spirit, to be fully surrounded and then to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we're focusing on this morning because Shavuot is a celebration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago, but it's not just a historic remembrance, it's a continual outpouring because the Holy Spirit is still being poured out in these days. And we want to take time 
this morning to pray for those who want to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the gift of tongues and spiritual language and being able to pray in the Spirit. We're going to pray for you like we did last night, and we'd love to hear from anyone who did receive the Holy Spirit last night, anyone who received as well the gift of tongues, if you were looking for that and God poured that out upon you, we'd love to hear from you and just share your testimony with us, either in comments or if you prefer, you can send us a text to Rabbi Yuri or to me and we'll look it over. If you're shy and you wanna be anonymous, let us know. Um, don't use Facebook because you will not be anonymous. <laughs> we will all see your name. So um, you can do that by text or by email if you'd like to let us know. Bef before we do anything else, I, I wanna talk about one of the great purposes of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It is to revive and restore every kind of person, new life for all people. And it included young and old, that was the prophetic promise in Joel. It included male and female. It included boys and girls and slave and free. It, it was, in modern terms, you could say a democratization of the Holy Spirit. Prior to that time, the Holy Spirit had been experienced only by a few people, by a select few, perhaps the prophets and that Sandakim, the most righteous, um, had some experience of the Holy Spirit. Moses had an experience of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel had an experience of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah did. The prophets of Israel were known to be touched by the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit and, and for the Spirit of God to be poured out upon them. But the prophet Joel brought forth a new word from the Lord, which had to do with God's plan. He wanted to reach all people. He wanted to restore every kind of person, not just clergy, not just prophets, not just saints, not just the upper class or an elite group in Israel, but every kind of person. So that was one aspect of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was meant to touch every kind of person among the Jewish people. But there was another aspect. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was meant to bring renewal and revival to the nations of the world, to the different ethnic groups, to the different people groups. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon Gentiles, the Messianic Jewish believers recognized what God was doing, and it had a profound effect upon them and how they began to think about what God's plan for Israel was. It wasn't just an ethnocentric plan for Israel's sake, but it was a plan that would use the Jewish people to show the grace and the mercy and the covenantal love of the God of Israel for every nation. And one of the things that the Jewish believers recognized is it wasn't necessary for Gentiles to convert to Judaism in order to receive Messiah or the grace of God. But God had decided he would, he would pour out his gracious love upon Gentiles whose hearts were being stirred and who were turning to him. And then it was up to the Messianic Jews to recognize that, to receive that, and to establish that as a pattern. And so we see that the Messianic Jews were able to even embrace the occupiers, the Romans. They were able to embrace other ethnic groups. For instance, the Ethiopian, the, the African 
who had dark skin and was reading the prophet Isaiah in, in the book of Acts, we, we see this account. And I'm bringing this up because we're, we're living in a time where it's so clear that the world needs healing and reconciliation between the ethnic groups, between the different people groups. And it's absolutely clear in our country, in our nation, where we've had slavery, where we've had persecution and oppression of minority groups, where at, at best it's been awkward, exhausting, as my friend Tamika Gaines says. Um, it, it's, it's exhausting to be a minority in this country. And so I wanna pray for our country because we have a need for healing, we have a need for restoration, and our heart goes out to all the minorities who, who are suffering because of injustices, they're suffering because of racial and ethnic hatred, they're suffering because of oppression that they've experienced. So would you join with me in this direction? Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit and that your spirit brings healing to the nations, healing to the Jewish people, and brings an end to the enmity that exists between ethnic groups. Let our hearts be filled with the Holy Spirit and our minds transformed as well. We thank you for Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue, which is filled with different ethnic groups. It's filled with Jews and non-Jews, and it's like a picture that you've given us, Lord, of how we can be in one family, in one mishpocha, one congregation, and yet have great diversity among ourselves. And we pray, Lord, for our country, that, that, that we, could, we could deal with the oppression in this country, with the centuries of effect that slavery had on um, African-American families who are now alive. We pray, Lord, for those who are suffering just because the color of their skin is different or because they speak with an accent or because they come from a people group that is despised or shunned or looked down upon. And I pray, Lord, for us to be touched by your spirit so we could show love. But I pray also that we would have the boldness and the kindness to be friends to one another, to love one another, and then to be bold to show that we can be together. We don't have to become a melting pot. We can become a mishpocha with all kinds of people. Let it be, Lord, that our country is healed in these difficult times. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Well, turning back to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this morning we do want to pray for people who want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, and the gift of praying in tongues. We want to pray also for those who have received the Holy Spirit and have prayed in tongues in times past, but have put that gift on the shelf or have underutilized it. We want to stir up the gifts in you and want you to participate with us. We're going to invite Rabbi Yuri to share with us some, um, some of the history, some of the traditions, and some of the scriptures that have to do with Shavuot. So let's welcome Rabbi Yuri. Good morning, Rabbi Yuri. Welcome back. It was great worship. And now we're looking forward to hear, hearing from you from the scriptures. Good morning, Rabbi David. Thank you so much. Hak Shavuot Sameach, everyone. Um, we are 
entered the special time of Shavuot. It's a beautiful time. It's a rich time. This is the second of three great feasts, Shalosh Regalim, three major holidays, Pesach, Shavuot, which is today, and Sukkot. Shavuot has a great, great meaning. According to the Jewish tradition, it is a feast of the giving of the Torah to Israel at the Mount of Sinai. Therefore, the feast is also called celebration of the Torah. And the second part, uh, which is very interesting part, this is the fulfillment of the prophetic meaning of Shavuot, the immersion of the disciples, Talmudim of Yeshua, in the Holy Spirit, in the Ruach HaKodesh, also known in the Christian world as the day of Pentecost. I want to look into the prophetic meaning of Shavuot, and if you can, please open with me Book of Joel, Prophet Joel, chapter 3. In some of the translations is the chapter 2, verse 28. In my uh, complete Jewish Bible, it's Joel, chapter 3, from verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 3. Well, verse 1, yeah. After this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And also on male and female slaves. In those days, I will pour out my spirit. What a picture. And verse 5, one of the key verses here. At the time, whoever calls on the name of Adonai will be saved. And thank you, Rabbi David, for sharing this idea that the Holy Spirit came not only to the people of Israel, but he came to all the nations of the world to change every person who lived in this world. It says here, at that time, whoever calls on the name of Adonai will be saved. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem, there will be those who escape. As Adonai has promised, among the survivors will be those whom Adonai has called from many nations of the world too. This beautiful prophecy was revealed in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. It's in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1 and 4. So books, uh, book of Acts, chapter 2. When the day of Shavuot had come, they were all together in one place. And as I said yesterday, it was a miracle. 120 Jew, Jews in unity in one room, praying to the Lord, fasting. So suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty Russian wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tons like fire spreading out appeared to them and settled on each one of them. They were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Ruach enabled them to speak out. And verse also, uh, the same book of Acts chapter 2, verse 41, because this is the second part. So those who received his message were immersed, and that day about 3,000 souls were added. 
it reminds me uh, Joel chapter 3 whoever calls on the name of Adonai will be saved this was has happened in Jerusalem 2000 years ago the Tvila immersion baptism in the Holy Spirit gave disciples supernatural power to live for the Lord and to serve him in the gifts of the Holy Spirit Shavuot was the starting point of the Jewish Messianic congregation. And today millions and millions of believers in Yeshua, in Jesus, are worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Shavuot and the great revival among the Jewish people in that day. We live in new time, time after Shavuot. We also, me and you, we also need the power of the Ruach HaKodesh in our lives today. And I would like to read from Acts chapter 1, verse 4, actually verse 8, because it is promised for us. Yeshua is telling us, and he tell, told it to his disciples, to his Talmudim. But you will receive power when the Ruach HaKodesh has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and through all Judah and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This word power, you will receive power when the Ruach HaKodesh has come upon you. This word power in Greek, dynamos, dynamite, it means explosive power, but also it means the ability, the power to keep moving in our life every day in our life they received power of the Ruach HaKodesh to do the will of the Lord it was the glorious fulfillment of the prophecy Joel chapter 3 and I want to read one more place of scripture it's in Luke chapter 11 because it's in the one accord with this prophecy Luke chapter 11 because um, we need to know what Yeshua is uh, telling us about this so verse 9, Luke eleven nine. So this is the words of Yeshua. So I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father, if his son asks for fish, will give him a snake instead? And if he asks for a neck, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit, to those who ask him? You know what about this place of scripture? I, I love this place of scripture because usually when people read this place from Luke, they think about asking something in prayer, like for example, money or provision or new, a new car or healing, anything. But if you read the whole place of scripture from verse nine to the end, you will find here that the most important idea in this place of scripture that Yeshua wants to teach us is how we need to seek and to knock and to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. Let's read again 
verse 9 ask and it shall be given to you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened to you and verse 13 how much more will your heavenly father give the ruach hakodesh the holy spirit to those who ask him it is a beautiful powerful strong place of scripture this is the direction how we shall move how we shall proceed it is not a passive state of mind it is an active life of faith moving forward in passion and yearning for the immersion in the holy spirit i know one problem skepticism can be a huge problem in the life of a believer some people say if i don't have the holy spirit or the prayer language nobody has but often the answer is in the warm state of the heart in the lack of the zeal for the lord because it is our part to seek him it is our part to knock to ask and you know what and the lord will open himself for us it is promised from Yeshua that the father will give the holy spirit to everyone who is looking for him who is knocking who is asking who is proceeding who is pressing in in faith and actually this is about everything with the lord this is called faith trust this is called following the lord in every area of our life we need to trust the lord we need to seek him we need to find him and the second part from luke chapter 11 13 i like to reveal here the important lesson for us yeshua said to us if you will ask the holy spirit the lord will not give you scorpion or snake or anything else nothing else do not have doubts and not be afraid if you ask the father the holy spirit trust him not be afraid that you will receive something bad or dangerous i have a short story in my life and when i was um, i don't remember how many years ago it was probably 20 some i was part of the congregation who don't believe in the immersion in the holy spirit and i believe i was so full of this teaching and i was sure that today we live in the times when we have bible and it's enough for us no more holy spirit it was two thousand years ago no more and i don't know how but somehow one of the uh, guests came to our congregation back then in ukraine and he was teaching about the holy spirit and I was sitting there and I was angry because I was sure this is not for, my, for us, not for today, because if I does, doesn't have it, nobody has. So I took my friend and we came to this man after the service and uh, I tried to convince him and I was fighting with him about this issue, about the Holy Spirit, about uh, new life, new days, we don't need anymore. And you know what happened? In 30 minutes, I was praying in tongues. I was praising the Lord. I was filled with the Holy Spirit because this is the truth. The Bible speaks about it so many times in so many places. And I can't express 
how it changed my life, how this experience changed my life. I became absolutely different person after that. My prayer life, my walk with the Lord, everything was filled with the meaning. The Lord became alive to me again. I was like, I came from dark room into the sunny and shiny day. And you know what? My friend who came with me has had problems with his speech and could not talk uh, freely. And when he received immersion in the Holy Spirit, Tvila in the Holy Spirit, he was completely healed from this problem. It was a miracle for him as a testimony. The Holy Spirit brought the freedom into his life, into life of my friend. And I know that people who, are, who know him were amazed, who knew him were amazed. But you know the continuation of this story. Next day, next week actually, my friend went into his congregation to talk to his uh, friends, to his pastors, uh, who didn't believe in the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, and the prayer in the tongues. And the people put so much pressure on my friend that he actually, he denied this. He said that not, it's not from the Lord, I didn't receive it. And you know what's happened? Uh, his problem came back to him. And that was a great lesson for me. I got it for the rest of my life better and much more productive to obey the Lord and his scriptures, the non-biblical opinion and teachings of the people around me. So this is, where, this is why it's so important to build our faith upon the scriptures, not upon the opinion of people. So let's look in the practical side, how to receive the feeling on in the Ruach HaKodesh. It is in book of Acts, um, chapter 10, the beautiful story of the ministry of Peter, Apostle Peter, verse 44, 10, 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Ruach HaKodesh fell on all those hearing the message. And remember, this were, there were people from all the nations of the world. They were from different nations. They were not people of Israel. They were not Jews. And verse 45, all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were astonished because the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Do you remember uh, book of Joel, chapter 3? Everyone who will ask the Lord will be saved. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and magnifying God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone refuse water for those for these to be immersed who have received the Ruach HaKodesh just as we did? So he commanded them to be immersed in the name of Messiah Yeshua. And they asked him to stay for a few days. It is in Acts chapter 10. It is a beautiful picture. And I know that we need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to walk in the Spirit. And we need to have this beautiful gift, gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is so important for us today. And I know that the Lord tell, told us, ask, 
seek, knock, and it will be given to us. Thank you so much. Rabbi David. Rabbi, that was a great overview and some really deep thoughts you were bringing out, and I think important thoughts. And as I was reading along in the scriptures with you, there was something that stood out to me that, that I want to underline. It's an interesting idea I want to present to you that may be different from what you've been taught about the Holy Spirit. I want to make a distinction between gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit himself in the ways that he works. In one sense, this is what I want you to think about. There's one gift, one gift, only one gift, and that is the Holy Spirit himself. And I, I want to present to you just a few scriptures that establish this. The first is in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 38, where Peter is speaking in Jerusalem on Shavuot and explaining what's going on. And he says, repent and be immersed, every one of you, in the name of Yeshua, the Messiah, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the gift. And then when you receive him, he starts working. Now let's look again at Acts 10, which Rabbi Yuri um, mentioned earlier. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. This is Acts 10, 44. The circumcised believers, the Jewish believers who had come with Peter, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit, there you have it again, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. Verse 46, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being immersed with water because they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So there you have two occasions, but let's go on Acts um, verse eight, or chapter eight rather, starting in verse 15, says, on their arrival, they prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been immersed in the name of the Lord Yeshua. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So there is an interesting um, pattern there, and, and that is, that, that someone can become a believer and not receive the Holy Spirit. Someone can be immersed in water and not receive the Holy Spirit. You can, you can still be in need of, an, of more experience. And, and this is what the apostles were underlining. The gift of the Holy Spirit is what you want to receive. I want the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit taking up his place in me. I want him filling me. I want to continue to be filled by the Holy Spirit. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit and guided by the Holy Spirit. And I want him to pour out his different gifts through me, to me, on my behalf, on behalf of other people. And I, I want to pay attention to something. I want you to take notice of this as well, that the receiving of the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues were one of the hallmarks that the apostles were looking for and paying attention 
too. They wanted to make sure people had repented. They wanted to see them immersed in water. They wanted to see them immersed in the Holy Spirit. And they were believing, as Paul later said, that, that everyone could receive the Holy Spirit and that everyone could speak in tongues. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you do. And I, I wish that all of you did. And even more that you would prophesy. But I want to connect something. And that is that the, the first generation of Messianic Jews, those that were with Yeshua and those that wrote the New Covenant scriptures for us, did receive the Holy Spirit and they did speak in tongues and they used the spiritual gift of the Holy Spirit and they used his gift of tongues in them um, for other purposes. And I want, I want to give some examples of those purposes because it may not be clear to you. There are some people who are tending towards cessationist views of spiritual gifts, and they think the purpose of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we read about in the book of Acts was so that Jewish people could evangelize other Jewish people, and they needed that kind of sign um, in order to be effective. But I think that is... A, a too narrow view because we see that the Holy Spirit was poured out on Gentiles as well, not just Jews. And then we see that it's not just for evangelism because there are some Jewish believers who have been immersed in water in the name of Yeshua, but they haven't received the Holy Spirit. So it's for believers as well. And then there were some people like in Ephesus who, who Paul met, they were disciples, but they had been immersed in John's and Yohanan's immersion in water, not Yeshua's. And Yohanan's immersion in water was different than Yeshua's. Yohanan's was an immersion that was an, an aspiration for repentance and forgiveness. But Yeshua's immersion was not just an aspiration, it was a receiving of forgiveness, and then it was a transformative experience as well. But there were people in Ephesus who had already believed, they just didn't have the full teaching and understanding of immersion in water in the name of Yeshua. But they also did not know about the Holy Spirit. They had not received the Holy Spirit, even though they were believers in Yeshua. And so Paul laid hands on them after they were immersed in water and they received the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues and to praise God. Now, there's another aspect I want to bring out, which is there's not a fixed order because you can see in the case of the Gentiles in Caesarea, in the house of Cornelius, they were beginning to believe, they were repenting, they were turning to Yeshua, their hearts were very open, they received the Holy Spirit at God's own sovereign initiative, not Peter's. They began to speak in tongues, and after that, they were immersed. Some people receive the Holy Spirit first, and then they're immersed in water. Others are immersed in water, and then they receive the Holy Spirit. Some people are immersed in water, and while they're immersed in water, they receive the Holy Spirit. There's not a fixed order to this, but a sense of completion is experienced when you receive all of these things that God has in mind for you. Now, I also want to speak about the gift of tongues and how it's useful for an individual. And I, I want to reference a passage from 1 Corinthians 14. And it says in verse 2, someone who's speaking in a tongue is not speaking to people, but to God. So it's not, in this case, a evangelistic 
use of the gift of tongues. It's rather a way in which someone individually can speak to God. And it goes on in verse four, a person speaking in a tongue edifies himself, builds himself up. Now, that's important to understand because that's one aspect of the gift of tongues, but it's not the whole thing. So whenever you narrow it down too much, you think that the part is the whole, but that's not the case. There's diversity of purpose and plan. And I, I, I wanna share some thoughts about this to help you experience more and to more highly value the gift of tongues. So, in one case, we can say it builds up the one who speaks in tongues. When I pray in tongues, it builds me up. It, it enlarges me. When I pray in the spirit, it helps me connect with God in a new way, but it doesn't stop there. You see, praying in tongues is sort of like a gateway gift, a gateway manifestation, a gateway working of the Holy Spirit that opens us up to be used in other ways by God for the good, not just of ourselves, but of other people. I'll, I'll tell you a story from my experience and then try to connect it to the scriptures. When Sandy and I first were part of the Messianic movement, we went to Messiah Conference, an annual conference sponsored by the NJAA and put on with the great active leadership of Messianic rabbis from the IMCS which is part of the NJAA, the International Alliance of Messianic Congregations and Synagogues. And one of the traditions at Messiah Conference is after each evening session, rabbis would be invited forward to pray for people who wanted prayer. And then there would be many opportunities, many rabbis um, making themselves available, standing in the front of the stage where the worship team was, and people would come forward. And I was asked, even though I was new in the movement, I was asked if I would pray for people. And so I joined that group of rabbis. And here's the funny thing, nobody knew who I was. I was relatively new. Some of the other rabbis did because I was in the ordination program and it had fellowship with a number of them. But the attendees to the conference did not know me. There were other rabbis who were very well known and they had long lines of people who wanted to receive prayer. And people were willing to wait 20, 30, 45 minutes in order to get prayer by that certain person. I, on the other hand, was standing there. I had zero people coming to me. Not one person came to me. And I have to tell you, it felt a bit awkward, even embarrassing. And there was a certain moment when I thought, well, there's no need for me to stay up here and do nothing. I will leave. But before I got a chance to leave, I felt the Lord was saying, you need to pray and then be used. And so I started praying for God's help. I started praying also in the spirit. I prayed in tongues for some time. And my wife, Sandy, who was observing the fact that I had no one coming, was also praying, oh, Lord, you know, have mercy on my husband. Send someone to him. Well, I prayed for a long time in the spirit and nobody came. And then while I was praying in tongues, I noticed someone in the, in the room. 
where there were over a thousand people, I noticed one person, I started praying for that person in the spirit. I prayed with my prayer language for that person. And to my surprise, after a while, that person came up to me and said, the Lord put in my heart for you to pray for me. Would you pray for me? And I thought, oh, hallelujah. Finally, I have one person to pray for. And so I started wondering, okay, how to pray. So I said, how do you want me to pray for you? And this man said, let the Lord show you how to pray. And there was a part of me that, that was thinking, oh, drat, I, I don't know how to pray for you. Why don't you just tell me? And he said, the Lord will show you. Well, in such a situation, I had learned it's good to pray in the spirit. It's good to pray in tongues at that moment, the way Paul talked about, where you pray with your spirit and then you pray with your understanding. So I started praying in tongues and I thought for sure the Lord would give me understanding about how to pray for this man uh, in English. But I prayed for 30 seconds. I prayed for a minute. I prayed, I think, for two or three minutes. And I started feeling awkward all over again. Now I was dreading the fact that I'm praying for this guy. I don't know how to pray. And now I have no understanding of how to pray still. And it felt embarrassing. And you know what my temptation was? It was to switch into this kind of generic prayer. Oh, Lord, you know his needs. Oh, Lord, you're faithful. You know everything. You know, where I'm muttering under my breath or in my mind, I have no idea how to pray, but I got to get out of this. That's a temptation that some of us can fall into. I was on the verge of that, and I felt the Lord was saying, keep praying in the spirit. And so I kept praying. And actually, I felt embarrassed at that point. But I was praying in the spirit for this guy. And he was patient enough to stay there for however many minutes it was while I was praying in tongues. And then there's a certain moment, it was long after I felt embarrassed. But there was a certain moment when I received understanding from the Holy Spirit. The Lord showed me how to pray for this man with my understanding in English. And so I switched to English and I started praying in English, but I didn't know if it was correct or not. I had to trust the Lord because the man had told me nothing and would tell me nothing. So I started praying in English according to the understanding I got when I prayed in tongues. And do you know what? I prayed for quite some time in English. And when it was over and, and I said, amen, you know, thank you, Lord, the man looked at me and said, that's exactly what I needed. You prayed exactly for the things that I needed prayer for. And then he began to explain to me specific details that I had prayed about that were actually very personal and very important, none of which he had told me or none of which I knew through experience. I use that as an example, that there are times when we can pray for other people, but we don't know how to pray. We need to pray for other people, but we don't know how to pray. Oh, we could pray a generic prayer. We could pray our habitual prayers, our customary prayers, the way somebody taught us how to pray in every kind of situation, but it wouldn't necessarily be personal. But I can tell you this, you can sometimes pray in the spirit, in tongues, in known, unknown tongues, for a situation and then the Lord will give you understanding. And when he gives you understanding, you can pray both with your spirit and with your understanding, both with the spiritual language and with your 
normal spoken language. And those two combined can be very powerful. I say this because if you think that, that praying in tongues is just between me and God, then you've, you've missed out on something because it's more than that. Praying in tongues opens us up to God, but it also opens us up to be in service to God for the sake of other people. Other ways that we can pray in the Spirit, we can worship in the Spirit, we can sing in the Spirit. We did that last night, we'll do that again today. We can pray sometimes in, in our spiritual language, and then we can start praying for healing for people, and we can see healing. We can pray with intercessory prayer that combines both tongues and understanding. And there are other ways as well. There's um, words of knowledge and words of wisdom sometimes only come to us after we've been praying in tongues. We're praying in tongues, and then we receive a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom that is useful for a person, a specific person, a situation, a group of people, and it enables us to minister in the full dimension of spirit and truth. And I'm bringing these things out because the apostles understood that receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, think about that, the gift of the Holy Spirit himself, this is the first thing. The receiving of the gift of tongues, this is normative apart as a part of receiving the Holy Spirit. You can't say it's absolutely 100%, but you could say it's normative, that it was taught by the apostles as a normative thing, and they expected everyone they prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit and to be able to pray in tongues. But these are, these are steps, and there's more as well. Now, there are some people who think you're not saved if you don't speak in tongues. I don't think that's correct. Some people I know who speak in tongues are rarely full of the Spirit. They have the gift of tongues, but they're not led and they're not open to the Holy Spirit most of the time. And some people who don't have the, the gift of tongues are genuinely Spirit-led people. But I'm talking about normative things, and I'm talking about the patterns of the apostles that we read about in the New Testament scriptures. And they expected everyone they prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit, every new believer to receive the Holy Spirit, and to receive the gift of tongues, and then to receive other spiritual gifts connected with that. And you may not have had this pattern of prayer, but there are times when we need to pray for people we don't know how to pray, and we can pray in tongues. Even in a corporate setting, we can pray in tongues in a group setting or at a prayer meeting, and the Lord will then give us understanding how to pray with our normal spoken language. There are other spiritual gifts, leadership, service, administration, benevolence, just to name a few, all of which connect well to the gift of tongues. So I'm bringing this up so that you can be encouraged because we all need the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, number one. We need the gift of tongues, number two, but we need all the spiritual gifts working, those that benefit us and those that make us more useful to God and to other people. And when you have this broader understanding, then you can be used in a greater way, in a more full way, in a greater dimension in service to people. I want to encourage you, if you did receive the Holy Spirit last night or even this morning when we were praying last night or this, this morning, 
let us know. If you're shy, if you don't want it to be on Facebook, just text us and let Rabbi Yuri and me know or email us somehow, let us know. It's an encouragement to us. And we want to encourage you to use your spiritual gifts because it makes such a difference. In fact, it's necessary to receive the Holy Spirit is a necessary thing. It's not an optional thing. And that's why praying in the Spirit is so important and using the gifts of the Holy Spirit are so important. They're, they're so valuable to us. I want to invite Rabbi Yuri to join on screen and to do something with us this morning, and that is to lead us in spiritual worship. And while Rabbi Yuri is, is playing guitar, we're going we're gonna to worship together. I want to encourage you to worship in the spirit. This may be something that you've never experienced, but you can read all about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 where Paul says, I will sing with my spirit, and I will also sing with my mind. That's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. So it's valuable to practice this. You may never have done it, or you may have done it on an occasion. I want to encourage you right now at your home, in the comfort and the privacy of your own home, to join in with Rabbi Yuri and with me as we're worshiping together. And we're just going to encourage you to participate in that. And then after that, we're going to pray for everyone who wants to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and who wants to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, who wants the gift of tongues, and who wants the other gifts that and the ways of working from the Holy Spirit. So Rabbi Yuri, why don't you join in now? Yeah, thank you, Rabbi David. Uh, I would like to read one place of Scripture because it's actually... Um, while we're listening to you over there, thank you so much. So deep things. I, it, it reminds me of one of the places of scriptures that really touched my heart. It's in Second Corinthians chapter 12 and also Romans. I mean, they're similar. The Paul, Rabbi Shaul, speaks about himself. I know a man in Messiah. Whether in the body, I don't know, or whether out of the body, I don't know. God knows. 14 years ago, he was cut up to the third heaven. I know such a man, whether in the body or outside in the body, I don't know. God knows. He was cut in, up into paradise and heard words too sacred to tell, which a human is not permitted to utter. And the same idea in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Ruach helps in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. We don't know how to pray as we should. But the Ruach himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. The same idea, spiritual language. And he who searches the hearts know the mind of the Ruach because he intercedes for the Kedushim according to the will of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we are preparing our hearts, Lord. We thank you for everything, Lord, for your presence, Lord, for the presence of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing, Lord. Please help us to, to seek for you, to... to 
to knock, to look forward, Lord. Help us to prepare our hearts, Lord, and to worship you, Lord. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship the fathers. Give thanks to the Lord. He is good. His mercy forever endures. Give thanks to the Lord. He is good. His mercy forever endures. And now the same thing, but in the language. Hallelujah, Shibra Fara, Miri Santo, Rojo Sheri, Clara Massey. Hallelujah, Shua Kibra Fara, Miri Santo. Hallelujah, Rabba Santo, Rojo Shira Brasey. Hallelujah, Rabba Santo, Rojo Sheri. Kibra Fara, Miri Santo, Rojo Shenda Rabasey. Hallelujah. Gibra this speaking in tongues is not for me. Maybe you can take another position and say, Lord, I want to be open to every spiritual gift that you have, including the gift of tongues. Open up your heart to the Lord. That's a key. don't let a mental block or a spiritual block or a theological block or an emotional block hinder you from receiving the Holy Spirit and every spiritual gift that he has for you in every way that he wants to work with you and through you. You know, Rabbi Yuri and I talked earlier this week and we were preparing for this weekend and we realized we'll be singing in the spirit, we'll be praying in the spirit on camera. The rest of you are not on camera. And we thought, oh, that could be awkward. Oh, yeah, we do this all the time in small groups in our own prayer times, at our prayer meetings, before every service when we're gathered together to pray for that service. But to do it on camera in front of who knows, um, who knows? And so we just laughed, we laughed because we feel that we can be bold because Peter was bold. We can be bold because Paul was bold. We can be bold because Yeshua told his disciples to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit.
And then when the Holy Spirit was poured out, the disciples didn't hide. They went out into Jerusalem. And then they went to Judea and Samaria. And then they went to the uttermost parts of the world. And they held on to this experience they had and the teaching that they had because they knew this was a promise that God had made that had been confirmed by Messiah and that had been a subject of prayer from the time of Moses, the time of Isaiah, the time of Jeremiah, the time of King David, the time of Ezekiel, the time of Joel, of Micah. It was a hallmark prayer of all the prophets and all the great leaders of Israel that God would pour his spirit out on all Israel. And so the apostles understood they weren't doing something strange. They weren't becoming Pentecostal Christians. They were becoming true spirit-filled Messianic Jews and who were truly Jewish as God had promised to the Jewish people. But they were a new kind of person who was ready to have an open heart and an open attitude about every kind of person, Jew and Gentile. You want to receive the Holy Spirit right now, and you're with people who have received the Holy Spirit. Why don't you pray together right now that those who are with you can pray in tongues and can pray in the Spirit. They can pray in the Spirit, and then with their understanding, they can gather around with you, and you can join in with us. We'd love to hear from many of you who are having positive experiences. And I know some of you think this is just downright strange. That's okay. It is strange. It's not weird. It's just strange. It's foreign in some ways, but it's true to the scriptures in all ways. So if you can tolerate what the scriptures say, then you can have the best attitude possible. Hallelujah, the same way as you're receiving the healing from the Lord trust in the Lord and healing trust the Lord in the receiving of the Holy Spirit he is here he's here and his will to fill your heart your life his presence lord thank you so much for your power lord please fill us fill everyone who needs you lord immerse everyone who is praying to you lord right now in the name of yeshua thank you for your power for your presence lord in the name of yeshua thank you so much this way, Ezekiel 37:14. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. There's life comes to us and fresh. Beautiful. 
No, there's one spirit of many ways that he works. say the Holy Spirit may be for you or the gift of tongues may be for you but it's not for me and I would just remind you of what Joel said and what the Apostle Peter quoted I will pour out my spirit on all flesh so if you've got any flesh then you can be included in this and reminding ourselves of what the Apostle Paul said, I, I would that all of you would speak in tongues, and even more that all of you would prophesy. And prophesying is connected to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as well. Rabbi Yuri, we talked last night about Acts chapter 2 where it says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. There's some people who, who have the idea, if God wants me to speak in tongues, he will make me, he will forcibly come upon me, and he will start doing it even though I've got my jaws wired shut, if you will. And that's not really how, how it works. The Holy Spirit fills up people and they become enabled, but they have to begin to speak. And that can be awkward. Isn't that right? It can be awkward to begin to speak because you feel like everyone's looking at you. You feel strange. You, you think you're making it up or you're copying somebody. But it's really not that way. The Spirit of God is, is filling you. This isn't gibberish. It's not babbling. It's not scat. It's not nagoon. It's it's a spiritual language that God himself enables, but it comes through your voice box, through your mouth, through your tongue. No wonder it's called tongues or languages um, because it involves your tongues and, and your mouth. And he'll empower you, but you have to do the speaking. We have to cooperate. And we all know that we can shut down the work of the Lord. We can refuse to do things. We can be either uncertain or shy or embarrassed or reluctant for many reasons, skeptical or doubting in so many ways. And we can push away what God is wanting to do. I want to encourage you to overcome that kind of resistance yourself and to say, yes, Lord, I want everything that you have for me um, through the Holy Spirit. 
And, you know, some people are taught that there are X number of gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think that the Holy Spirit is the gift. And there are many ways that he can work not just seven ways, not just 12 ways, many ways. And so the, the moment you realize there are many ways, you almost can realize it's unlimited the ways that God can work. He can work in ways you don't imagine, in surprising ways. And he, he can use every act of ministry and service as a spiritual act. And he can transform even the things you have talent for into something that becomes more than that, with a spiritual gift. You may have a musical talent, but you need the gift of the spirit if you're gonna be a worship leader and participate in uh, worship at a congregational level. It's not just enough to be talented. You want to have spiritual gifts working with you. And Rabbi Uri and I have been talking about how hard it is if you ever tried to pray all night with an all night prayer group and you don't have spiritual language, and you're just trying to pray with your understanding, you'll see a lot of people fall asleep in those situations because <laughs> they get exhausted and they have nothing to draw on. But when you can pray in the spirit as well, then you can build yourself back up. You can connect with God in new ways, and then you can pray in the spirit and with your understanding. And sometimes you'll be praying in the spirit and you'll never get understanding. You will not personally know how you were praying. It remains a mystery to you. That's okay. If you're going to use a spiritual language to prophesy, you have to interpret it into the known language of the audience group. It's not that they're just going to automatically hear in their language. That's why whenever someone prophesies with a spiritual language, it must be interpreted. If you have a prophetic tongue, it must be interpreted. So there are some processes, there are some procedures, there are good principles that are connected to this. That's why the Apostle Paul could write about this intelligently and in a reasonable way and encouraging people to do the same. And we hope that uh, you would approach the scriptures about the Holy Spirit in the same way. Well, that yeah, may I share one interesting place of scripture. It's uh, you already said about it. I just want to read it. And I remember one story that happened in happened in my life years ago. It is in Acts chapter two, verse four. And this was the moment of uh, anointing of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit fell filled them with His presence uh, on the Shavuot, exact day of Shavuot. And this is the key for us to understand. They were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to speak in our tongues as the Ruach enabled them to speak out. And I believe this is the key. Ruach HaKodesh, he filled them and enabled them. But another part of it, they began to speak in other tongues. It was their part to obey the Lord and start praying. I remember an uh, interesting story. I, I, I prayed for one of uh, interesting um, people in my life. He was a minister. He was an old uh, minister. For many years, he was looking for immersion in the Holy Spirit. And he was in many kinds of conferences. He asked so many people to pray for him and nothing happened to him. So I was in his place, in his home, and we, uh, we drank a tea. 
and I talked together about the Holy Spirit, about immersion in the Holy Spirit. And he was in zeal for the Lord. He was in fire for the Lord. And he, it was so beautiful picture to see him, this old man, uh, old minister uh, with long experience in his life. So, and I noticed something. He had an idea that the Holy Spirit will come and will speak through him, will force him to say something, will like knock him down, <laughs> put him in delirium or something. And he was waiting for such an experience and nothing happened. So I told him, uh, I re read this place of scripture for him and I told him, it, it is wrong. The Holy Spirit is here. Just open your mouth and start praying with the Lord, to the Lord. And he said, is it so simple? I said, let's try together. So we put the tea <laughs> aside. We pray together for a minute probably. And he started speaking and praying in the beautiful, beautiful prayer language. Because it is here. It is, it is for us. The Lord, the Holy Spirit is here. He is for us right now. Just open your mouth. Trust the Lord. Think about his glory, about everything he is, he is for you. And just pray in obedience, in simpleness to the Lord. Yeah. Rabbi, there are some people who think if, if you pray in tongues as we have been doing, that it's really a put off to Jewish people. That it, Jewish people will hear this, they'll think, oh, those guys are crazy. I don't want to have anything to do with them. Has that been your experience? Um, <laughs> it doesn't put in me. <laughs> 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 I, think, I think the it wasn't the turn off. No, I think uh, people, people who are seeking for the Lord. I don't speak about people who are trying to find some controversial and trying to fight with you, but people who is looking for the Lord and His presence. People who are who are really thirsty and hungry, and people who wanted to find the Lord they need this experience with the Lord because my life was completely changed when the Holy Spirit touched my life and filled me. I was completed. I became to be a completely different person. My life was changed forever. And I'm so grateful for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful because it's, 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 it's changed me. And I believe our people, Jewish people, we need gift of the holy spirit we need because the holy spirit he is the one who is leading us to yeshua he is the one who is showing us the messiah in the scriptures the holy spirit he is the one who enabled us to see hidden truths and it is so great to have this spiritual prayer to be able to pray in the tongues and when we don't know how to pray when sometimes it's it's sometimes we have so many difficult experiences in our lives and dark clouds in our lives but the prayer in the holy spirit it's really it's it's a weapon it's a great tool it's a great gift for us so i believe jewish people we need jewish people need this gift and if we read x chapter 2 and chapter 1 immersion in the holy spirit was an important part of salvation in Jerusalem in those days. And many Jews came to the Lord, to the Messiah, 
because of this gift, because of the Holy Spirit and because of the prayer in tongues. They were drawn, they were uh, drawn to come and to, to listen to it. They were so hungry. So I believe it is not that something that will push our people away. It's something we need to have. We need to practice. We need to, we need to, to live in it every day of our lives. So this is my, my impression. It's, it's like for me. I, I've had a, a similar understanding because I've seen Jewish people receive the Holy Spirit because they saw something new that they couldn't see in any other kind of synagogue when they were in a Messianic synagogue where Yeshua was worshipped and honored and where the Holy Spirit was moving and where the gifts of the Spirit were also present. And so to the contrary, I've seen more Jewish people come to the Lord where the Spirit is than when people have taken a more rational cessationist, right? when I say more rational, that's not the best way, a rational only approach where we're just gonna talk and we're going to reason with people. There's a value to that, but the outpouring of the Holy Spirit gets added upon that. And really, if you think about this, if, if you think that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is is something that would push Jewish people away. How do we explain the book of Acts where Jewish people came by the thousands to Yeshua in part because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and only after the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the disciples and only after they began to approach the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as normative for all new believers and everyone who is seeking to know the Lord. I've, I've known many people, both in America and Canada and Western Europe and Eastern Central Europe and in many different places in Israel, Jewish people who definitively turned to the Lord because they saw the Holy Spirit at work in the name of Yeshua. So don't be afraid. Now, that raises a question, why don't we pray in tongues uh, all that much in the Shabbat services of Beth Israel. And I'll, I'll tell you the truth about that. The main reason we don't is because we have so many visitors who come from charismatic and spirit-filled and Pentecostal backgrounds who would go off in a direction and in ways that are quite foreign to our ways, even with the Holy Spirit. And they would, that would be disruptive. And so it's too hard to manage in the Shabbat service. All those folks, they have to learn our ways and how to experience our ways and not just do what they're accustomed to doing in, in their churches or where they came from. And so as a matter of congregational orderliness, we pray in the spirit at the prayer meetings, before services, at prayer meetings when we're praying for one another, and at other times, and on Shavuot, and occasionally in our Shabbat services. But we don't have a free reign. We try to keep it orderly so that 
we can stay on task and on target as a Messianic congregation. So that's the reason why. But we freely teach about it. We teach about the Holy Spirit in our members' classes. We teach about the Holy Spirit in our foundations' classes. So we're not shy about it. But some people will say, well, I never heard you talk about this. Well, now you have. And you'll hear more, I'm sure, at other times as well. Well, this has been a really great time. I, I want to share with you a prayer that comes from the Psalms. This is something the Lord put on my wife Sandy's heart this week. It's from Psalm 115, verses 14 and 15. And it says this, May the Lord increase both you and your children. May the Lord, may you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This is a powerful idea that God wants to bless you. He wants to increase you. He wants to increase you and your children in a spiritual way. And he is the maker of heaven and earth. All the resources that he has created, he, has, uh, he can make available to you. And increase, of course, is not only material increase, it's spiritual increase, it's the increase of love, it's the increase of service, it's the increase of health and well-being. And it's so beautiful, Sandy was sharing with me some of her insights about this scripture, that God wants to give increase to us that enables us to, in an increasing way, be a blessing to other people and a blessing to God to serve in so many different ways. And so this is our prayer for you, that you would increase, and you and your children, that your whole family would increase at the blessings of God uh, being poured out upon you. We are so grateful for everyone who is a tithing member of Beth Israel, for everyone who is part of the Mishpocha, who gives faithfully their tithes and also brings offerings, and those who give sacrificial gifts as well. We're thankful for all of our podcast listeners who join in supporting the congregation and count Beth Israel as, as their mishpacha as well. And together we can do so much. If you want to participate in supporting the congregation and you want to use our online giving platforms, you can go to bethisraelnow.com slash giving and you'll find out all the details you need about Giving Fire and PayPal are two online platforms that are very easy to use, very easy to set up and to customize, and very secure. We've had no breaches of security at any time with either of these. And also, we're grateful to everyone who's using the USPS, the United States Postal Service, to send checks in the mail and money orders as well. We're so grateful for your support. It's not a good idea to send cash in the mail um, for all the reasons I think most of us are familiar with. But we do want to thank everyone who is continuing to support us during this time. We are blessed, we are strengthened, we are given stability because of your generosity and because of your sacrificial giving as well. One of our traditions at Beth Israel is at the end of our studies together and the end of our service together, we, we conclude with Aaron's blessing. And Sandy always comes up and stands with me on the Bema when we're together at services and we're not standing. No. Um, if we stood, you wouldn't even see our faces right now. We'd be too high for the camera. But we're here together and 
we want to encourage you and your family to gather together right now. And we want to pray Aaron's blessing. And then after that, we are going to return to the Corden house, their home, and we're going to have a final worship song. So, Shalom. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. We want to say Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. And we're so glad you could join us for this special Shavuot edition of Live from Home. And now we're going to return to the Korshin home for one final worship. Stay with us. Shabbat Shalom and Hak Shavuot Sameh. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.